Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, his passion is making fun of stupid people while get, getting drunk. It's Arturo Zurita. I'm excited to talk about our one of our favorite actresses every time we go to film festivals. We're covering the brand new movie she's in. Uh, now we're pitting all of them mm-hmm. against each other, so it's... Hopefully going to be fun to see all of our favorite movies uh, from one of our favorite actresses uh, compete against each other. But we had to bring in a professional, someone who knows Aubrey, who understands her nuances very well. Amanda the Jedi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was about time we brought Amanda on. It Pretty much the, the third host here on Intercut, but the first time we're bringing her on for a Bracket episode, and really? I don't think we could have chosen a better subject yeah. for Yo, we've a never Bracket argued? with Amanda. Oh, wow. I swear Dude. to God, there's someone you had done before, and I was like, actually, not offended, but I was like, I should be there. I should be there for this. I can't remember who it was anymore. You didn't do Kristen Stewart, did you? It was a whole Kristen Stewart just in Twilight, so, but... just her reactions from Twilight. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't message you. I can't imagine we wouldn't have invited you on for the Christmas. I would like Stewart to think bracket. so. I would like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was going to go with also with us. She forbids you from flirting with Ramona, even if you had a girlfriend in a year. But uh, we will get to Scott Pilgrim and all of our favorite Aubrey Plaza movies in just a little bit. Uh First, I think we got to talk a little bit about the bracket. I mean, it's the first time that we're doing a actor-themed bracket rather than taking on a company like A24, a director like Spielberg or Wes Anderson. We, we wanted to dive into one of our favorite performers, somebody who's really, I felt feel like, blossomed in a way that we... Are, are really enjoying and surprised by continually mm-hmm. and, and become quite an interesting actor in ways that maybe weren't expected of her before. So let's start out and talk about what is a great Aubrey Plaza movie? What does that even really mean? Art, do you have a definition for what a great Aubrey Plaza movie is? I like that it's not as definable as it would have been five years ago. Uh, before we really saw, mm-hmm. saw her totally. like branch out, I think to a lot of people, she was a specific type of thing on camera and off camera. She would be in award shows and she'd have this very like just stoic, sarcastic uh, demeanor to her. And I think she still carries that with her, but you've been able to see the nuances within it, which I think is what makes her such a good actress. She doesn't completely change that she's a, uh, another person. It's like she's still finding a way to be her sarcastic self in different scenarios. Um, to me, some quotables a good stare because she's always providing those mm-hmm. um and then uh, i would say uh, an intriguing character that you think of uh and carry with you and almost even like quote um depending on the scenario and i think she's got a bunch of those so even with that i don't think my favorite every plaza movie uh hits any of those things to that degree but that just shows how how, how right. bad she is uh as she's gone in her career How about you, Amanda? What defines a great Aubrey Plaza movie to you? It's definitely a lot of that, but I, I think it's really interesting to see her go from being like a, a character actress, like somebody who really just pops up as like that strong side character and whatever mm-hmm. she's in. We're going to see a lot of those here today, but then just having these like really strong, driven lead performances. Yep. And uh, but mm-hmm. it, she always kind of brings that, even in the roles where she's kind of jumping around and doing a bunch of different things, there's still this like underlying attitude to her. So even something like Black Bear, when she does like two different characters entirely, 
there's still something underlying there that you're like, that's Aubrey Plaza. It's still I Aubrey, tell, yeah. You know? It's still Aubrey. So, she, does, yeah. she, she does have this ability, whether it's in more comedic material or even more dramatic material, to kind of navigate dark and potentially upsetting material in a way that is, is kind of still intriguing and often very funny and, and very, you know, like unexpected. And, you know, there's some kind, there's kind of like this bravery to the way that I think she takes on a lot of roles. She does it with this this confidence and this this like volatility mm-hmm. almost that makes her intimidating in sorts. I've also noticed like she seems very comfortable navigating sexual material yes. particularly in comedy, but she she also does it in a way that it feels like she's retaining power. You know, she'll do scenes in ridiculous comedies like Dirty Grandpa or or she'll do scenes in even stuff like uh, Black Bear, where it doesn't really, where, where she feels like the person who's really navigating, like Charge, yeah. moving the f- scene forward and potentially like causing the volatility in that moment, causing the unexpected turns. Mm-hmm. I, I just it really enjoy seeing her perform because I I feel like she consistently surprises me. Yeah, I totally agree. That's kind of always what I feel like when I even a movie that isn't great, she usually still stands out in everything she does. Art, do you remember the first time you saw Aubrey Plaza in a movie? And and then did you have any expectation for the path that her career might take? Sheesh. Uh, I mean, I don't know. what It's so long ago. What predates what? Scott Pilgrim, Parks and Rec, and also had a movie. Um, mm-hmm. All around the same 2009, 2010. Yeah, range. so it would have been around that time. It would have been one of those two, either seeing her in Parks and Rec or seeing her in... Uh, uh, specifically that scene is the barista. I love when she just does her, like, swearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get censored out. Um, so from there, I was like, oh, yeah, she like she's just someone who really stands out um, and then has been able to carry that with, with her. And I think it's always been, like, as Amanda put it, that, like, cameo or supporting actor that just comes in and, like, almost mm-hmm. carries the show uh, to a degree or is able to steal it from somebody. So I, I, think, I think those two. I don't know if there's something earlier. Amanda, how about you? Uh, mine's definitely Scott Pilgrim. Um, I'm pretty sure I did see Funny People before Scott Pilgrim came out, but I don't remember enough. But like, I distinctly remember mm-hmm. the first time I saw Scott Pilgrim, and Julie just stands out so much as a character, even though she has like six lines the whole movie, but they're just all great. So no? uh, yeah, yeah. each one hits. <laughs> each one, hits. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also interesting because she was such a particular asset in that early going. Like, Julie isn't that different from what she's asked to do on Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. But I think what's been really rewarding in following her career is seeing the ways in which she's evolved from being that sort of, like, uh, tough, snide, snarky character into somebody that can can have depth and has all these different assets to her and even can use that energy that she has in those comedies but turn it into different types of roles, whether that's going crazy like she does in Beverly Loughlin or, or being kind of, you know, mentally disturbed as we've seen her in stuff like Ingrid Goes West. She has shown a depth to her abilities that I... I really was not expecting, but I'm I'm in, very intrigued by. And I think it's also interesting to note that the first movie 
from her production company, Evil Hag Productions, that she is starring in is Emily the Criminal, a movie that, again, kind of shows a different side to what she can do. Yeah. I'm also really excited to see what she's going to be doing. I think it's a great production uh, name. Yeah. Uh, and I like her approach to a lot of the roles that she's taking, especially considering that she's like become the indie queen. We were just doing that in our previous bracket, talking about how like you can be a star and not be fully in the mainstream. You can be a staple in mm-hmm. producing your own movies and being able to tell the stories that you want and finding a way to, uh, to have a whole career path there. So, uh, yeah, it, it feels like we're looking back at her career. And it hasn't even started, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like she yeah. has not hit her peak anywhere near it because she continues to surprise us with Emily the Criminal being the newest one. And it's like, it feels like we haven't seen her do anything like that before. So, uh, yeah, it's only mm-hmm. the beginning. And her next role is going to be in a Guy Ritchie movie, which might be one of her Ooh. biggest roles yet. So, that's a good we comedy. Be uh, yet another evolution in her thing. career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah. springboard for her. Mm hmm. I feel like no discussion of Aubrey Plaza is really complete without at least mentioning her time on Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. the, the role that really brought her to prominence, I think, for most people and one that she played for seven seasons on NBC. Amanda, were, were you a fan? Did you watch her on Parks and Rec? I did watch Parks and Rec. I still haven't actually finished it yet. Like, I fell firmly on the I prefer the office side of things, but uh, I do really yeah. enjoy Parks and Rec. I love April as a character. She has so many just great moments throughout it, um, and it really just kind of staple that kind of humor that she brings to thing the attitude mm-hmm. and just the deadpan delivery that for so many other people you they would just say oh that person's annoying i don't like that person but it just works so well for her uh so yeah. i i think that really set her up well going forward but it's again it's it's nice to see her kind of like breaking out past that but yeah what was your what was your experience with parks and rec i was a pretty big fan of it i mean i I watched it all the way through and yeah, I mean, she was just always such a fun, like devilish element of chaos that they would bring into the show that was otherwise like really, you know, uh, sweet and kind hearted. Mm -hmm. And then she would have these like very sharp zingers here and there. So yeah, I mean, she's just such a, such a unique energy that I think right away you can tell that she was, Pretty, pretty special, at least comedically, uh, from her time on that show. And it's been cool to see how, how that's evolved, too. You juxtapose it with Chris Pratt. <laughs> right. Yeah, the way that their careers have gone and how he's become less and less interesting and she's only become more interesting. I just meant the role. I do agree with you there. I mean, like, it's, it's awesome yeah, it's being scary. able to see yeah. her persona and then, like, her scene partner for a majority of the show is the character that Chris Pratt has. And uh, being able to see that in a lot of the movies, it's just how she's able to almost be that spark in the movie when it's going one way uh, to be that almost straight, but yet the comedic character in a duo. I also feel like it's worth mentioning that she's an excellent talk show guest. I, I really like when she auditioned for Catwoman on Colbert and like crawled on his desk. Um, but she, she, (laughs) she, she just brings that like chaotic devilish energy to her talk show appearances too and doesn't have a problem like undermining the interviews in a way that I think is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so in a little bit, we'll get into all of our favorite Aubrey Plaza movies, but first, make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast, either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercutpod or the audio version available on most podcatchers. Also, follow Intercut on social media. We are at intercutpod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even on Patreon, where you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. And be sure to leave us a five-star review on apple podcast or spotify when you do it makes me happier than when aubrey plaza is unnecessarily mean to someone it's just like it, it's it's hard to compare but like i really do love those five star reviews i get it <laughs> all right let's get into the best aubrey plaza movie bracket uh we have organized these brackets as we often do from the oldest films first to the newest films last, which couples her career in really interesting ways. I think as we progress through this bracket, you can kind of see her progression in Hollywood to becoming, uh, going from that bit player, that scene stealer, to the supporting actress, to then the star of a lot of these movies and bigger and bigger movies. Uh, and we're starting out here with a couple of films in which she doesn't have very big roles, but she has very memorable ones. Two films uh, from the early, or I guess early 2010s, late 20, 2000s, I don't know. Uh, Funny People in 2009, written and directed by Judd Apatow, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World in 2010, co-written and directed by Edgar Wright. Amanda, I think you've tipped your hat a little bit early here, but why are you going to vote for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? It's like my favorite movie, so I I kind of <laughs> have to. I even tried to rewatch Funny People, and her role in that is great, but I still think that I prefer for Julie as a character. I really just love what mm -hmm. she brought to that role and how it just kind of meshed with the the entirety of the movie and like different unique editing things. Um, so as good as Funny People is, I've, I've just got to give the nod, both as, you know, just as a Canadian mainly, <laughs> I have to give it to Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> it has to, I, that's where my vote goes. I agree. How about you, Art? Easily Scott Yeah, you're Pilgrim, going with Scott Pilgrim? For sure. I really thought I was going to lose here. Oh, yes. No, it's not even close. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I will give a vote to funny people now that I know Scott Pilgrim has secured its entry into the next round. Uh, but, like, it's because I do think she actually brings a really f cool energy to that movie. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the interesting story that she wasn't a stand-up and basically faked it in order to get cast yeah. in this role. But uh, I think right away you can tell that there's a spark there mm -hmm. that she plays so well off of Seth Rogen in that yeah. film. Like, she, it's one that may put me made me firmly in her camp early on. So I don't know if it's necessarily quite as distinctive or as memorable as Scott Pilgrim. So that one will advance to the next round. And let's talk about a couple of her first starring roles in films with safety, not guaranteed directed by Colin Trevorrow versus the to-do list written and directed by Maggie Carey art between those two films, which one is the better Aubrey Plaza movie? She did this one thing on the press run for the to-do list where it was like an MTV award. I don't know if you guys remember this, where she went up and like Jack, she pulled a Kanye West and jacked the mic from somebody and then just had like watched the to-do list and then just, she just stood there, waved and then dipped. If you haven't seen that, try to find it. It's some award show. It's the funniest thing to come out of that movie in my opinion. It's so awkward and she just does it on live TV in front of a whole audience. 
I'm going safety, not guaranteed, though. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, how about you, Amanda? Also safety, not guaranteed, or yeah, some love for the to-do I, list? I do, I do remember enjoying the to-do list. It's not, not, it wasn't great, but I remember enjoying it. But yes, my mm-hmm. vote goes for a safety, not guaranteed. I think I actually like that movie a fair amount. Yeah. I mean, I I like the to-do list and I kind of wish we had more movies like the to-do list Mm -hmm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're we're missing these kind of like slacker teen sex comedies that have a lot of really funny people. I I was watching it in prep for this bracket and like Donald Glover's in that movie. all, shoot, I'm forgetting all your shock cats in yeah. that movie. Uh, Bill Hader's in that movie. Like it's the Bill. the the bench is deep in that film, nice. uh, and she's also very funny in it. She so uh, I, I wish there were more films like the To Do List, but I really like Safety Not Guaranteed. So I would also go with that uh, in this first round matchup. And it pains me to say that because I hate Colin Trevorrow. It's it's one of his <laughs> best. The man's a menace. The one good thing he's you know? done. The man's a menace. Book of Henry? The man's a menace. (laughs) (laughs) It's the exception that proves the rule for Trevor, I think. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's talk about Life After Beth versus Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we have we had to include at least one TV movie in here, especially one that stars the the iconic Grumpy Cat. Rest May he peace. rest in in peace. Uh, I believe he recently demised, unfortunately. Yeah. But Art, which one is the better Aubrey Plaza vehicle? Uh, Life After Beth. I remember being really excited for this one, and then I was introduced to who Jeff Baina was, and it's someone who's going to get you really excited <laughs> when you see a trailer, and then every single time you go in with hopes, and you go like, it's not terrible, but it's just like a lot of promise just for it to be okay. I was also on a, a Dane DeHaan mm-hmm. high, uh, because he had just oh. finished Chronicle, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. had a pretty stacked cast uh, in there as well with John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, and the concept of her being like this dead girlfriend coming back was fascinating. Um, could have been a little bit more though, but uh, I'd go with Life After Beth. Amanda, how about you? Uh, you know, as inspired as her both playing herself and Grumpy Cat in one movie was, uh, I also have to go with Life After Beth. Uh, I saw a letterbox comment that said that Hubbard <laughs> Plaza as a zombie brought more life to the role than Dane DeHaan did the entire movie or something she, to that effect. That's a good one. I do agree. Solid. I do agree, but I'll still pick. He d- I'll still pick Life he After does Beth. Look more dead than her. <laughs> he does. Oh. Some good makeup on her, though. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both... Um, I do think they're both kind of underwhelming comedies, but at least Life After Beth holds up a little bit better. Grumpy Cat's a little more like one note, one joke. And it's a gimmick. I think you can get that joke from the trailer, so yeah. not really a reason to revisit that one. Uh, we'll all go with Life After Beth in the first round. All right, it's a pair of films which she's shown up and been over oversexed, but... Very funny. Uh, this is Mike and Dave versus Need Wedding Dates versus Dirty Grandpa. Amanda, which of these comedies is the better Aubrey Plaza movie? I rewatched them both today, and I wow. feel very confident. Dedication. I know, Mike and Dave is better. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, in my opinion, is way better. I think Dirty Grandpa just does this. It just goes too far and not in funny ways. <laughs> it's just in ways that make it worse. Um, I think mm-hmm. I and I prefer her character in Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Actually, no, I don't even know if that's true necessarily. She's hilarious and dirty grandpa. But yeah, that's 
I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stick with Mike and Dave. I'm sti- I'm sticking with it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Art? Uh, look, I haven't seen these in a minute, but the fact they both came out 2016, it's her being overly sexual in a movie with Zac Efron trying to get places. It's like these two. This was during that era where it's like yeah. two of the same movie would come out, but I didn't expect it to be like two of the same movie she's in. Uh, yeah. She's never the I one rem- trying to get with Zac Efron, though. <laughs> Exactly. She's always just, going the other yeah, way. Yeah, but she's trying to get a Robert De Niro. Like, it's so weird. Yep. And then she settles remember, for Adam DeVine. I remember Dirty Grandpa just a little bit more. Uh, some scenes that I don't want mm-hmm. to remember as much, but I'm going to edge it out to Dirty Grandpa, <laughs> okay. but I, I don't really care for either Fair. that much. So I'll leave it to you, Zach. Yeah. This is tough because, like, you know, we're talking about best Aubrey Plaza movie, right? Ooh, Not best yeah. movie. And I do think I enjoy Mike and Dave. We need wedding dates a little bit more, but like her scenes are maybe a little more memorable in Dirty Grandpa. I don't I know if that's so. necessarily a compliment. Literally, she just shows up and in- says like, "Professor, we're gonna fuck," but it somehow <laughs> just works because it's Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> exactly. Like it's the kind of it, I think it's the kind of role that maybe no one else could make enjoyable. Yeah, I agree with but that. But it's also like this was the peak of when like Parks was going and they're like, so you guys want that thing she does, right? So we're going to do two movies back to back doing that thing she does a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she, she found a way to like settle it a little bit better, but I felt like this was definitely relying on her, on her shtick, if you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe I'll edge it towards Dirty Grandpa, although I, I'm fine I, with that. I feel dirty for I'm fine with that. They're both that. pretty even paced art. Actually, I think you gave them the same rating on Letterboxd, so you're you you were pretty split there you go. even <laughs> on both of them. 2016 art. I agree with him. <laughs> Inspired. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Little Hours versus Ingrid Goes West to 2017 movies, and the second one that she starred in, written and directed by her husband Jeff Baina. Also, husband. Amanda. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah that, he that did Black Bear, too. I apologize, Mr. Plaza. Yeah, we realized so that sorry. a Black Bear. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's great. He's a really good director. He's in, Yes, he's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't remind you of Ben Falcone at all. Amanda, <laughs> what would you go with between The Little Hours and, and, and Ingrid Goes West? It's got to be Ingrid Goes West. Like, I, I think that yeah. was a way to really pull her character, like the things she does, but then also take it in a direction that we've never really seen before. Like, yes, uh, in a really good way. I think it's also just very relevant to Internet culture. I think it's still one of the best examples mm-hmm. of that kind of like stalker, like absorbing yourself into a creator's life that we've ever had. Like, I, I think a lot of things have tried to get there since then and haven't been able to. And uh, we also get uh, a lovely uh, an Olsen in there. We get a lovely Elizabeth Olsen in there as mm-hmm. well and tons of great promotional material between the two of them. So I think the whole package yep. is great there gifs. for Ingrid go, uh, Goes West. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you, Art? Where are you going between these two? Uh, Ingrid, I think we, I saw both of these the same year at Sundance. Came out loving one. Mm-hmm. Came out of the other one from a midnight screening. Going, that, well, that was that was uh, that was the same running bit for a long time. I, I knew Allison Brie yep. and yep. Franco were together, but I didn't know that uh, her and the director were together. And um, I mean, if you yeah. like Aubrey yeah. Plaza and yeah. Allison Brie, uh, check out Little Hours, I guess. But other than the story, <laughs> I'm going Ingrid Goes West. It, it 
I think it's aged so well. You see scenes from that movie, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, this is like, I don't even want to say ahead of its time. It's perfect for its time, and it just continues to be relevant. Uh, it's one of her one of her best movies, and I see it going a lot farther in this bracket. I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there are some laughs in the little hours, but it's not a movie that I'm, like, very eager to revisit. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mentioned that thing with Alison Brie. She also loves to do these Jeff Baina movies, has been in a few. Yes, And she I, I also does. sometimes think, I sometimes forget that, she's married to Franco and not also married to Jeff Bain. That's, that's what's confusing me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next matchup is An Evening with Beverly Luff Lynn versus Child's Play. Art, why don't you start Child's us play. off? Which is the better Aubrey Plaza movie? <laughs> you don't even want to entertain An Child's Evening play. with Beverly Luff Lynn? Child's Play. Look, I, I, if, for those of you who don't know, the guy who created Chucky, he now has to call his stuff Chucky, and this is the studio creating a new version of just they kept the name child's play they're doing their own thing look i'm not even mad at it the guy continues to make his own stuff they brought in aubrey plaza very interesting role mark hamill voices chucky that was a very interesting role to see her in uh i don't know about that other movie zach child's play (laughs) how about you amanda do you have a preference between these two i'm gonna have to go child's play as well and i didn't even like child's (laughs) play that much but i'm still i think i'm still gonna go with it (laughs) It's been a while since I visited Beverly, but I wasn't looking forward to You're my good. next visit. I'm good. If the Greasy Strangler I... is the director's better movie, there's a problem. <laughs> you say that, but I tricked out an evening with Beverly Loughlin for the first time this morning. I kind of like. Don't do it. me I like that, bro. Don't try I'm gonna to check it out. Watch it again. I. I'll check it out again just for I, you. I, it's been ages. It is so it is so bizarre and the performances are pitched to this really strange degree, but I think it kind of gets to the level of like surreal like are you are you being serious or are you not that Aubrey Plaza can do very convincingly and I just, it's again another movie that has a lot of very funny people in it Craig Robinson uh, Jermaine Clement somebody who I wasn't familiar with at the time but am now thanks to what we do in the shadows Matt Berry is a big role in this movie mm-hmm. too it's it's very weird and very stupid like very base humor but just the the performances kind of sold it for me here I. I understand going with Child's Play, but I'll I'll put one vote in for an evening with Beverly Loughlin. All right. I'll revisit it just right. for you, just for you. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm am sorry in advance, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our our next matchup, and I I am sorry about this, but our next matchup is Black Bear versus Happiest Season. Homophobic. He's not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he giggled when he put it together, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, tell me how that makes you feel. Really bad. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> happiest seasons, what our people have been waiting for. And she's, she is so good in that movie that they it right. started an online trend that people were rooting for her as a side love interest over the main love interest, that the whole thing is them supposed to be coming back together. People were like, fuck the resolution. Twisted, Go yeah. be with Riley. Go yep. be with Riley. And that's insane to be so charismatic that like you tell you steal the show from everything and people just chip you harder like that's 
impressive. The movie's trying to emotionally manipulate you into wanting her to be with Mackenzie Davis, and I love Mackenzie Davis too, but she, <laughs> she ain't no Riley. Um, but <laughs> that being said, I think Black Bear is a better display of her range as a character. I do think she has a well-rounded character in Happiest Season, and she brings some really interesting nuance to her minimal role, but she is like the driving force behind Black Bear, which is one of the more unique movies I've seen. She plays two completely different characters, and I like when she said something to the effect of like, I like I've my 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 life changed making this movie for like in for the worst like I've never been the same after filming this I believe it the the level of like emotion she had to bring to a, a certain like aspect of it the fact that they had to film that scene like two days or that whole shoot had to be moved up like two days because of rain so she wasn't even expecting to be in that headspace and still just had to mm. pull this out um I'm gonna have to give it to Black Bear just for the full shebang but uh happiest season has they were both two of my favorite movies that year so it, it's mm. a place in my heart yeah i i wish happiest I, season. i know that was a hard decision to make homophobic i wish it went it up homophobic. against spin me round because i feel I that what she right. does in happiest season is what they thought she was doing in spin me round this character who like comes in yep. and like is going to yep. steal the show from the side and they forgot that part where you're still supposed to kind of write a little bit of the character in spin me round <laughs> Um, Happiest Season is really good. Every reason that Amanda said. But what she did in Black Bear surprises me to this day. Like, I, like, that's like you see it and you're like, I never thought you had that in you. And it's just like, it, it literally changed everything. When you saw her in Safety Not Guaranteed, it's like, all right, she can carry a movie. Ingrid Goes West, oh, she could be dramatic. What she does in Black Bear is uh, something I would recommend everybody to go watch and makes you, like, consider her as, as like, possibly one of the great actresses of this day yeah. if she yeah. continues to get it, really well written scripts like that that's how serious like that it's movie everything is. yeah and i think that's also her husband right yes it it is it's that directed that didn't jeff ban it no that was uh no that was lawrence michael levine that was oh, Sophia husband. i don't know why yes. i thought yeah. that because uh, he's talked about that stuff too about how it's been done right, to her right. there, there's too much in the movie we can't get yeah. into spoilers all we can say is trust us go watch it yeah um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think that Black Bear it kind of like takes everything that you know she can do as a character or as a as an actress, but then just it's on high octane. It is so far and not in a too much way, but just in a way that you're like, oh shit, she she knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, to me, to me, it was the movie that changed her from like somebody who's very funny and can act to somebody who's an actor but also very funny. Mm -hmm. um, Great point. That uh, saying all that, a little love to Happiest Stop. Season. This is the the best oh. Aubrey Plaza movie bracket, and there she does like kind of own that movie she in does. a way. I, I think it, I control Amanda really hard and vote for Happiest Season right now, but I, I won't. I love Black Bear. And, Thank you. Because uh, I was gonna, gonna feel like gonna go that, would, that would be that would be making me homophobic, Zach. That would be making me homophobic. <laughs> right? You can't do that to Spit me. Spit it back on you. Because I was trying to be that objective. That was the first thing Amanda takes one gander at the bracket and goes, Zach, th this is homophobic, right? You can't be doing stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it's the toughest it. one, yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, a tough choice, but we go with Black Bear, and our last first round matchup is her two new releases two august 2022 releases they are emily the criminal and spin me round art 
Uh, we already talked a little bit about Spin Me Round being a disappointment. Uh, do you want to say anything else before we vote for before we vote for Emily the Criminal? Uh, it's Emily the Criminal. All I answer Spin Me Round is again, once again, we implore you release the scooter cut. That's it. That's all people are yeah. asking for. Release the Vespa cut. That's it. I, I think I think we should call it the Vespa cut. Vespa that sounds cut. it flows nicely. Yeah, uh, definitely, Jeff Baina, please release the Vespa cut. That's all we ask, especially if you're going to put it in your South by Southwest promotional material. Mm-hmm. But uh, Emily the Criminal. Really good movie. Mm-hmm. So I think we can confidently put that into the next round and talk about the best eight Aubrey Plaza movies, starting with Scott Pilgrim versus the World versus Safety Not Guaranteed. A supporting role, but an extremely memorable one versus one of her first starring roles. But talking about what the best Aubrey Plaza movie is, Amanda, which way are you going to go? Why are you going to do this to me, man? I gotta do this to me, man. Okay, um. I still gotta go Scott Pilgrim. I'm sorry. And I really like Safety Not Guaranteed, and it is more her mm-hmm. movie. I just do still think she somehow stands out more as Julie in, in Scott Pilgrim, and I think Scott Pilgrim is a better movie. I think if you are compiling, like, a reel of Aubrey Plaza's career, you're pulling a Scott Pilgrim clip before you pull a safety not guaranteed clip. I agree. Thank you. That that being said, <laughs> she is the star of Safety Not Guaranteed and, and is really good in that movie. I it's it's tough. I think I'll go with Safety Not Guaranteed and, and make Art do the, the tough final call. It's good. Safety Not Guaranteed as a whole movie for as her as a lead would probably be in my top probably five, four. I'm gonna have to go with the one and only. Thank you, Scott Pilgrim Let's versus go. the I world. I thought this was gonna get bopped out in the first nope. round. Let's fucking go. Nope. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. It's a whole feature film. That should tell you what yeah. the what she's doing here. The power in mere lines is is it's culture, Zach. I don't know what else to tell you. It, it, yeah, it is. Like I think what she does in here is comparative to the entire run of Parks and Rec. I think what what, she, what she's able to bring <laughs> here for a bunch of people. You, you get what I'm saying? It's like you don't even have to see Parks and Rec, and like you'll get her whole character just off of seeing this right here. Mm-hmm. This was in theaters. Mm-hmm. This is in the zeitgeist just as much as I would say the show is. Um, shout, shout out to Safety Not Guaranteed. It's not a bad movie. Check it out. I like it. Yeah. Damn, bro, you're right. You're pulling this up Scott a dozen baby. more times before Let's that. go. All right. Scott Pilgrim versus the world makes its way into cool. the final four. Feeling good today. Let's go to the next matchup of a, a couple kind of underwhelming comedies. Life After Beth versus Dirty Grandpa. Art, I feel like you were leaning Life After Beth's way in our first round. Yeah, I don't even care, but Life After Beth, go ahead. It's going to be dead anyway. <laughs> Amanda, would you also go with Life After Beth over Dirty Grandpa? Uh, I'm trying to think because I do actually think yeah. we're kind of considering cultural zeitgeist. Dirty Grandpa, like mm. I feel like people have no fucking idea what Good Life After point. Death Beth is. That's fair. I I prefer it as a movie. I think I definitely prefer Life After Beth, but y'all made some good points about her. Damn. I have no idea. How about I just go Dirty Grandpa and make Zach split the difference? That's a good choice. That's what I like to do (laughs) during these brackets, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cultural zeitgeist is a very, very strong point. And if we're going with Scott Pilgrim 
a very small role in in an earlier matchup. I don't see why he can go with a supporting role in Dirty Grandpa over Life After Beth. So let's put Dirty Grandpa into the final four. I would. I was happy with either. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't see either making it that much farther. But <laughs> that's what that's I was like, the who point. Knows? Who knows? That's that's the point. It, yeah. it was a throwaway round. Like we lost happiest season for this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that looked like the a really nice season. part of the bracket yeah. where happiest season could have thrived. But no, Zach likes chaos. Zach's pulling his own Aubrey Plaza spin and homophobia. <laughs> <laughs> Just what the bracket does. I have no control over it. Oh, chronological release. Sorry, continue. My bad. <laughs> is no, is Ingrid goes west versus Child's Play. We're we're all pretty good, pretty big uh, Ingrid goes west fans here. But yes, anybody want to throw a little more love Child's Play away before no. we say goodbye to it's it? It's decent. No. If you haven't caught it, I'd say check it out. It's an interesting spin on Chucky, and I'm glad that she got to be a part of it. Um, but Ingrid goes west. That that's a movie right there. Okay, so Ingrid goes west, advances over Child's Play, and our last matchup of the round of eight is Black Bear versus Emily the Criminal, two of Aubrey's most dramatic roles to date. Mm. Art, I'm going to go to you first. Which one is the better Aubrey Plaza movie? Uh, Black Bear. The thing is, though, we're doing this because of uh, Emily the Criminal, so definitely go check out Emily the Criminal. But once you're done watching that, right. do yourself a fa- uh, favor. Watch for the first time or rewatch again. Black Bear. Yeah, Amanda, what do you like about her performance in Emily the Criminal? Like pretty much everything. Like again, it's it's <laughs> one of those ones that still brings in some of the personality you expect from her, but then it's also just this mm-hmm. other level. You kind of get to see her navigate this world that she's never been a part of, and not just navigate it, but actually end up in a position where she's just like kind of manipulating it to her advantage in the same way that she so often turns situations to her advantage just by like the sheer nature of her personality. So it was kind of really mm-hmm. interesting to see a character do that. Uh, and then kind of like end up in a huge mess and then have to kind of like slowly work your way out. And then I, I personally really enjoyyed the ending. Um, so it, yeah. it's it's definitely one I'm very excited to to revisit and I hope a lot of people end up checking it out. But uh, yeah, as art said, I think I am also gonna have to go with Black Bear just because of the sheer dynamics of her performance, the different levels she goes to, the extremes she goes to. I just think it's a better display of like what you think of when you think Aubrey Plaza to those absolute heightened levels. But again, Emily and Crim- Emily the Criminal deserves to continue going on, but uh, sadly it won't be unless Zach has a desperate plea here. <laughs> I, I won't try and convince y'all because I, I love Black Bear as well, but Emily the Criminal is is really, really excellent, and I think it's cool because you really get to see her in a different set of circumstances. I don't know if there's ever been a film uh, before this one that she was in where there's kind of like life and death circumstances, and True. she's quite as as desperate or against the ropes as you get to see her here and i just think the way that she kind of feels very crafty and very tough uh you know hard there's like a hardness to her performance and plus she's also uh doing a jersey accent which is kind of <laughs> cool to see her you know try out a different voice even i just think it's it's awesome to see another side of her and you know, not one that I was expecting going into that movie, but yeah, Black, Black Bear's real good. So uh, let's put Black Bear into the final four 
And before we talk about those films, let's take a second to thank the Intercutie patrons, those wonderful people who are supporting the show. They are Ewan, Julieta, Garrett, Tim, Elizabeth, Josh, Ashley, Marion, Michael, D.A., Matt, and Di, as well as our Academy members, Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Pete, Sean, May, and Ricky. And of course, a big thanks to the producer-level patrons, Awkward and you, Denver. Thanks again for all the support and a reminder that you too can become a member of the Intercuity team at patreon.com slash intercutpod, where you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to our episode outlines, access to the private channels on the Intercut Discord, and an invitation to our monthly patron Google meetings. Amanda, you get the privilege of talking to us for free, but if you didn't, I think you'd pay $1 a month to talk to us. I think I would, actually. You guys are real cool. Oh, that's really nice of you. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you a dollar for that later. Anyway, sign up on patreon.com slash intercutpod uh, to receive the patron benefits. All right. Let's talk about the four best Aubrey Plaza movies. End of All statement. Time. They are Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> Ingrid Goes West and Black Bear. Uh, not exactly what I imagined would happen when we started, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm loving it. Uh, Amanda, why are you going to vote for Dirty Grandpa over Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? I don't know. There's just like something about like her just fawning over his old man body that speaks to me. Uh, no. I mean, how could you how not could for De Niro? Not? It's just like, my God, she's just saying what every woman wants to say. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's Scott Pilgrim. It's Scott Pilgrim, baby. Yeah. I don't think uh, any of us would argue that point. So Scott Pilgrim, a Cinderella run all the way to the finals of the Aubrey Plaza bracket. I'm shocked. Going up against two of the really heavy hitter performances in her career Ingrid goes west versus Black Bear. It's a very, very tough call. Wow. So I'm going to go to Art to try and make it. Black Bear. No hesitation. And Ingrid is good. Black Bear is great. Mm -hmm. Black Bear is very, very good. It is. Uh, I personally feel like I would go with Ingrid Goes West here. I, I think there's just a depth to that performance in a way that is really, that just intrigues me and surprised me and makes me want to revisit it. You know, there is a comment that I think Roger Ebert made in his review of Punch Drunk Love, where he said that performance was so good that it retroactively goes back and makes all the other Adam Sandler performances better. I almost feel that way about this Ingrid Goes West performance because you get that kind of like hard-edged, snarky character and then you see a, a depth to it that you've never seen before. Maybe I'm overinflating it, but I, I really, really love her performance in Ingrid Goes West. Amanda, check this out. If Ingrid Goes West was the performance <laughs> that peaked that style that she had and epitomized it, Black Bear broke the rules and shattered the ceiling. That's what that is. 
And I agree with you. And I agree with you. But I've got a couple things I want to take into account here. Ingrid Goes West kind of hits on a few different levels because I think it is, one, incredibly relevant in so many different ways. I think it really plays into online culture, uh, influencer culture, um, and just the fact that it's not only capitalizing on the way that her character usually plays out, but not playing it in a way that it's like, oh, she's cool and fun and quirky and has friends. It ends up in a way that it's like, Oh, she's weird, awkward, and has no friends and is making this all up, which Mm -hmm. is a very interesting dynamic. If I'm, I feel like if I'm just going performance, I go Black Bear, but if I'm just going the entire package, I go Ingrid. And Mm. this is is actually probably one of the hardest decisions I got to make. And I I almost just want to go with the fact that, like, not that relevance matters, but I do think that Ingrid Goes West is more relevant. I think more people have seen it, which is not Black Bear's fault. Black Bear will get its love, I'm sure. Um, but it's mm-hmm. I can acknowledge that Black Bear is also not a movie for everyone. Some people are going to watch and be like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that? I don't understand what I just mm-hmm. saw. Because um, they're looking for you know some kind of more cohesion there. But um, I think... I think if we're if it's the whole package, if it's the movie, the performance, and just everything, I'm I'm gonna go Ingrid. I'm gonna go Ingrid. That's what I want to hear. That's yeah. what I want to hear. But yeah, it's it's um, neck and, and neck. It's so fucking neck and neck yeah. because they're both pre- peak performance like examples mm-hmm. of her work. Yeah, and in, in Black Bear, you get you get it twi- twice. You get a yeah. double the Aubrey Plaza you performance. Do. You do get double. And Christopher Abbott. Fine. Yeah, not to argue against myself because no, no. I'm I'm happy if you're gonna go with Ingrid goes west. I'm good with I'm good with Ingrid. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. All right. So we have our finals. It is Scott Pilgrim versus the world against Ingrid goes west. We've heard plenty of arguments either way. Art, are you going with the supporting role or the starring role? Yo, what would you do if I said Scott Pilgrim versus the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd mark it down, but I, I would be a bit surprised. I can't. Part of me really wants to, and like on another day when I'm acting yeah. very Aubrey Plaza, I'm feeling her spirit. I probably would. <laughs> but look, I don't disagree that Ingrid is it's top tier. I think it really cemented her in not just being a meme to a lot of people, but. Uh, personifying that meme and showing that there could be substance to it, that it's not just all a joke, that you can have this sarcasm and actually have a a lot of depth to it. Uh, And I know a lot of people, surprisingly, who, Amanda's right, you may not know Black Bear. That may not be something that a mainstream audience can take. There's something about Ingrid Goes West where I feel a lot of young people who I wouldn't expect them to know a Sundance movie, know it. Be it because, you know, you have Wanda in it as well. You have Ice Cube Jr. (laughs) in it as well. You Mm -hmm. have a really stacked cast. But I think it is that relevancy that you guys were talking about where uh, it's hit uh, totally. a sort of zeitgeist with people where they're like, yo, this movie's like, it's, it's talking about some stuff that we're not just going through, but we'll continue to go through. I will say Ingrid Goes West. Amanda. Do it, Amanda. I know you Do love it. Scott No, it went this far. It went this far. It went this far. I feel like I have to. I That's know it's not going to win. I'm going Scott Pilgrim, baby. I'm, I'm doing it. I, it's like, Tell me why. Is it her? <laughs> Again, it's a lot of the reasons you said. It's like with so little, she did so much and like just cemented herself as that kind of character, but not in a way that you're like, oh shit, she's doing this again. It's like, it was. it's a character that everybody loved and it's like peak performance of that. The movie itself, in my opinion, is incredible. It has had so many different wins 
as it kind of comes in and out and then you get the people who first relate to Scott and then realize that Scott's an asshole and the whole point's him supposed to be not being an asshole anymore. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm th- I know it's not going to win. I'm throwing the wrench in. Like if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest with myself, <laughs> like I know that it should go to Ingrid, but for the Canadians, for the Canadians. But your heart tells you. Well, you've convinced Scott me Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the world is our <laughs> Wait. winner. <laughs> it's at least her best like side performance or like supporting oh, performance. It's her best yeah. supporting role, hands down, easy. Yeah, if we if we separate the brackets into films she's the star of and films where she's just a part of them, uh, I, I'd be happy to give that one to Scott Pilgrim. But yeah, I mean, you know, beyond just being an unbelievable Aubrey Plaza performance, I think that Ingrid Goes West might be just the best movie on this list, not just an Aubrey Plaza movie. And it, like you guys have been saying, that relevancy, the commentary on social media and, you know, Instagram culture and fan culture, and it, yeah. it feels weirdly singular. It doesn't feel like there have been a whole swar- swarm of movies following this one's footsteps that have also commented on that. And, you know, being that it came out already, you know, five years ago it's it still stands apart as being Mm -hmm. one of the few movies to really get this stuff right and she's just so dynamic in itself sells a lot of difficult material um, a lot of material that might be hard to believe but is completely believable coming from her yeah i'm sorry there are people like that out there yeah you know yeah (laughs) i've encountered some of them online thankfully not in person like you know it's just it's one of those things. Harder. It's incredibly relevant. It's an incredible movie. I think mm-hmm. that everybody should watch it at least once. And like I said, so many things have tried touching on influencer culture or just different ideas of online relevance. And they either go like the absurdist route, like something like Spree, so we can get away with it, or it just kind of falls flat in how it's executing itself because it can't really figure out its moral standpoint with a lot of the situations they're dealing with. And I think that affects how they progress the story. Whereas like Ingrid, I think it had everything just locked in and nailed. All right, I'm happy we got Ingrid Goes West into the finals. Art, I feel like you were hoping that it would be Black Bear taking it all. Yeah, but no, Ingrid is easily, <laughs> I think, like I said, yeah, you put it, it's the epitome of everything that came before her and kind of showcases that every mm-hmm. time she was being sarcastic, it's like there was more depth to it. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I would, yeah. It's, in my, it's in my top three of hers for sure. I think I would probably go feature films. Black Bear, yeah. Ingrid Goes West, and I think I would put Emily the Criminal over safe, Safety Not Guaranteed. I'm not going to lie. I think I would too, actually. You know what? I think I would too. Yeah, I I think I got the exact same top three as you. Uh, those, those are really like the standouts where she's the star for sure. Yeah, because um, I think I Amanda. prefer. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? No, uh, go ahead with whatever you were going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I think, you know, depending on what day you talk to me, I, I would prefer Black Bear as a movie. But I, I mm-hmm. do just, it's one of these things I think Ingrid deserves to be in this spot. I do think it deserves yeah, it, so. it. Yeah, yeah, it's more defining yeah. of her career. Oh, where would you put Happiest Season? Yeah. And I, I even, I was going to say, what, what if we had yeah. Happiest Season up against Scott Pilgrim? She didn't even think about that. She didn't even think that was a possibility. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. She's going to end There's... the Skype call. I might. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. She dominated she dominated happiest season so i in in supporting role mm-hmm. and how much they affected the outcome of the movie it's got to be happiest season and you got kristen stewart in there like i'm sorry 
you, movies are trying to <laughs> emotionally manipulate you to be in in love with like the main central like love match and want them to succeed and for this mm-hmm. to literally be like fuck that girl this one's right here <laughs> that's incredible that's power that's aubrey plaza yeah that that is the essence of aubrey plaza mm. <laughs> all right well i'm glad where we ended up i'm glad that we got to talk about all these awesome aubrey plaza movies that we love uh, but I think that just about wraps up this installment of Intercut. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all of those at ZShevich, that's Z-S-H-E-V as in verse the world, I-C-H, and check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Amanda, where can people find more from you? You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and a lot of other places at Amanda the Jedi. Art, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at Elmi Explain on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on YouTube, or every week here on the Intricate Podcast. Amanda, thanks so much for joining us for one of these. How was your How was your first bracket experience? This was good. I honestly <laughs> thought I was going to have to put up more of a fight for Scott Pilgrim. I knew you I were going to be a huge Funny People fan. I just sensed that you, Zach, were going to be a huge <laughs> funny, funny People, people fan. I like you me some funny people. Apatow. What can exactly. I say? I'm like you, a I'm funny an Adam people Sandler guy. fan. It was. It was literally my Twitter name for a little bit. Adam Sandler fan. Yeah, I know. Your favorite movie is Punch Drunk Love, or it's like one of them. So I was like, I knew. I knew <laughs> yes. I was batting was up trouble. there. But then, like, Art comes in with the save. And I was like, shit. I so, own three of these. Dude. I was like, I have to write it to I, ha- I have the DVD, it's the Blu ray, and I just bought the 4K. Blu-ray. So it's, it's what, like, I don't even, yep, you know? Same. It's like sometimes you don't even realize how much you like something until you just find three copies that you own. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> no, exactly Scott Pilgrim what I mean. is. I, I think you you like love it way more than I do. But like, I have it up yeah. there as, as one of my favorites. It's my favorite. Um, what's his name? Edgar Wright movies, and yeah, I really yeah, do think she stands out there. Edgar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, trust me, guys. I know, I, I when love... I when I voted for Scott Pilgrim in the last round, like I know, I know, I'm not right. I just knew it wasn't going <laughs> to win, so I felt like my vote didn't count. So I was allowed. Yeah, I was allowed. Exactly. You get that freedom with the bracket sometimes. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio version, but to the video version as well on YouTube.com slash Intercut Pod, where you can catch your bright smiling faces as we grow, as we do the latest in entertainment. Find more. Uh, ah. Find new episodes of The Weekend Must Watch every Monday streaming on our channel. And please leave us a comment, like the video. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. And shout-out to our listeners in Brunei and Belgium for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there. Like our Facebook, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter pages, support our Patreon. You can find all of them at IntercutPod to get updates throughout the week from me, from Art, from Amanda, from all the guests we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, there's no sense in nonsense. <laughs>